This podcast is brain powered by the University of Sydney. We are controlled transmission. Well, I'm doing the podcast by myself today without Adam because he's off doing something far more wonderful. But on the other hand, he's going to become insanely jealous when he realizes that I have here with me in the microphone potty thing coming into your ears the incredible, amazing Randy. Ta-da. Ta-da, that's you. Now, how do you, do you get to the stage of just, so this is in fact the amazing Randy, who is also James Randy in another life, who is also the person who hoodwinked the media into Austra- in Australia into believing that a person called Carlos had psychic powers, who also was a major thorn in the sign for people who reckon that they can bend a spoon by thinking about it. In other words, you're a major force for reality. So at what stage did you turn into a person with only one name? Well, it's a long story. Going back, t- take us there. I mean, yes. how did you get to where you are, which is a highly respected debunker of scams and also proponent of rationality? Come, well, I, yeah. I have to correct you on one thing, Carl. I'm not a debunker. I don't accept that term because that would imply that I'm going into an investigation saying this is nonsense and I'm going to prove to you that it's nonsense. But what I try to do, Mm. I try to do it. I'm not always successful at it. I try to go into it saying, I don't know. Let's find out. So I'm an investigator of so-called psychic paranormal and occult claims. And uh, if it ends up being a debunking, that's a different matter altogether. Right. So how did you start off... So you end up here. Like, did you decide that you would go into, I'm guessing, magic? Magic had a part of it, must have. Well, magic, uh, I refer to it as conjuring. Again, no, Better name. Better name. I'm with you on that. I stand corrected. Because I don't do magic. I do conjuring. Conjuring, Which is uh, approximating the effect of someone who really could do magic. M-A-G-I-C, you see? Yep. Much different. Uh, I got into it simply because as a professional magician, Every now and then after a performance, uh, they would come to me, certain individuals, and sometimes en masse would come to me and say, but what about, and then they'd outline something that was currently popular on TV, like predicting the future or talking to angels or whatever, and uh, I would have to handle the subject appropriately. I always, I think, managed to do it well, and... uh, but not always to their satisfaction, because it requires a great deal of explanation in some cases. A thing such as cold reading, for example, requires a lot of explanation. So just can you define cold reading for the audience who might not have come across this situation? Oh, of course. Cold reading is the art of being able to guess what people are thinking of or where their, their thoughts are going by suggesting various things. For example, you'll get people like James von Prague or uh, any, any of the so-called psychics and readers out there who will step up in front of an audience and they'll say something like, I'm getting an impression from someone here who either has the initial or knows someone with the initial M or K. Uh, and it, it, it may also be R, that's that's fairly blunt, though, at the beginning. Isn't it, it is, but the point is, they look around the audience and they will see someone turn to a neighbor and with a surprise expression on his or her face, ah. and they they note this. And then, and Dora Stokes was very famous for this. You may remember her mm-hmm. uh, from way back when. Uh, and they'll turn and point in that general direction. It's someone down here because they've seen the movement of the head. You see, mm-hmm. so this is the art of um, 
learning what people are thinking of and trying to lead them down the garden path, as they say. Now, I was reading an article by Elizabeth Loftus, who's involved in this sort of psychology stuff, and she was saying that out of a sample of some 23,000 people, Mm -hmm. she found a scattering of half a dozen to a dozen who, for whatever reason, and I didn't know why, could pick whether you, the person I was talking to, was lying. And they were a mixture of sheriff's officers and conjurers and secret service. So there's a there's a small number of people who seem to be able to pick it up. Yeah. And, and it's a bit like describing, I guess, how to ride a bicycle. You, <laughs> you know, you, you sit on it, you don't fall over. You just look at them and you pick the one who's lying. And you're hard, it's hard to forget that, too, yeah. how to ride a bicycle. So, so you, you, you do that sort of, you, you've been down that pathway. But oh, yes. let's go for the one of the big ones, Yuri Geller. Come on. Well, Uri Geller. Now, what was he famous for, for those who have never heard of him? Uri uh, Geller, well, he's famous for being a liar, for one thing. Yeah, but, but in the early days, the very first thing. Well... So there's this young Israeli kid who turns up who, who had a bit of a go as a conjurer and then <laughs> appears on TV saying that he could... Bend spoons. And also start... Oh, start wristwatches and, and, and stop them and various things like and, that. And people believed him. Oh, yes, they believed him because in many cases they needed to believe in something like that. They like the fantasy. They want a little magic in their lives. And after all, Geller does only four tricks. That's his entire repertoire. What? And he, he rose to, to fame as a conjurer, actually, uh, on four tricks. Now, that, that's four? ridiculous. It's like a magician knowing only four cards in the deck or something. Well, hang on. so we've got spoon bending, and I was told by the young and incredibly handsome Richard Saunders that the, and he, he quotes you on this one, the secret of spoon bending is to, and I quote, bend it when they're not looking. Did that's exactly <laughs> correct. That sums the entire thing up, and you don't have to go any further than that. Okay, the clock starting, that was the second one. Yes, or watch starting or whatever, yes. So would that would just based on the fact that people around the country would be saying, well, I've got a dead clock, and 900 of them would go out and get it, and three of them would say, hey, it's working because I shook it, and then ring up the TV station and say, hey, my clock's working because of the amazing Yuri Geller. That's exactly correct. What's yes. the other two? Well, uh, now, it, it's... Actually, there are a number of little tiny ones in there. Tiny ones. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A tiny little things that... He doesn't advertise as specific tricks, but he just throws them in on the side as as a little bit of an effect. Ah. Uh, He'll just hint at them and allow you to fill in the details of it. Ah, So is your major complaint with him not that he just says, I'm a conjurer, hey, be amazed, but I have psychic powers. Now, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with it is it costs people their security. In many cases, it costs them a lot of money, Mm -hmm. and, and people have spent fortunes on these things, and it costs the public a great deal, too, because tens of millions of dollars have been spent all over the world to study what's known as the Geller effect. So that Geller is in sort of a rough spot here now. He now doesn't want to be known as a psychic. He wants to be known as a mystifier. Duh! A mystifier. But why is he doing that? I believe, this is my theory only, but I believe he wants to get off the hook that he's impaled upon. Ah. He wants to say, I think, eventually, ha, fooled you all. It was all a joke, just tricks. But if he were to say that, Carl, he would in, well, I, let's call it deep trouble. Yes. There's another word we can fill yeah. it in there. But I'll let you do that. I'll let the listeners do that. He would be in deep trouble because organizations, schools, uh, companies, 
corporations of all kinds around the world have spent literally tens of millions of dollars to study the Geller effect. They would all come down on him in a storm, and I think that his life would be rather miserable, to say the least. Mm. Now, but on the other hand, I've heard him say that people like you, the amazing Randy, who we're lucky enough to have on this fabulous podcast, but unfortunately without Adam today, that people like you... When you go down to the nitty-gritty, you take the poetry out of life. You take the beauty <laughs> out of life. Yeah, it's called truth. <laughs> that, that's taking the poetry out of life. Yeah, you're not going to live forever. Oh, oh no, don't <sighs> tell me that. But I, I see the exact opposite. For example, now that I know how a rainbow works, I can walk <laughs> along, say, the beach, exactly. and I know that if the sun is behind me, if I look 42 degrees off to the right or left, I might see a rainbow in a breaking wave or in somebody watering the their garden. Exactly. Isn't I'm it wonderful? I'm seeing more of this poetry. And in fact, a woman came up to me the other day and said, you know how you said on the radio that you can see a complete circular rainbow sometimes if you're in an aeroplane? Exactly. Well, I looked out the window and there it was. Thank you. Yes, it was oh, free. Yes. I gave it to her for free. So do you reckon you're destroying the poetry in their lives? Or no. You... Oh, no. We're making poetry for them. And it is what the, the real world is so fascinating and wonderful. Look at the advantages we have now from studying the real world. It's called science. And it's a wonderful revelation. There are things in science that just could not have been guessed at. It couldn't be hoped for in most cases. But look at the now medical science, for example. You're looking at a wreck of a man who's 86 years of age. I've survived so many things that just 30 years ago, any one of them would have done me in and I would have had to exit this life. Well, well uh, number one, I'm really impressed by your brain being as sharp as a tack. Um, number two, what was that terrible accident where they stuffed you into a milk can and, and busted your spine? Well, they didn't Is, quite bust my well, spine, they, they, but that's being poetic right there, you see. No, so, so well, one of your tricks is to go into a yes. milk can, and a milk can is in the old days, for mm-hmm. the people who think that it comes out of little cartons, was maybe a metre or so high, yes. oh, or yes. a yard, or mm-hmm. a, a cubic furlong per square second for our American listeners, and so it was sort of waist high or a bit higher, and then they, you fill it with water, shove you in, the water flows out, screw down the cap, and you're thinking, hang on, there's no air in there, is it? right? <laughs> so uh, what, there was some terrible accident that happened to you in one? Yes. Uh, it, uh, it was a, a, a chipping of the vertebrae, it turned out later. A very small chipping of the vertebrae. But hey, any chipping of the vertebrae is what they call in the trade painful. <laughs> it really hurts. Oh, and yeah. uh, I was rehearsing the the trick, yep. the illusion that I was going to perform for TV. And uh, as I got down into it, I heard a little popping noise. Oh, dear. And uh, yeah, popping noises are not welcome when you're in a sealed milk can full of water. Okay, so it's full of water, there's no air, and then you, you get, they, they start screwing down the lid, is that right? Oh, yes. And then you hear this, this <laughs> popping noise. Yes. Oh, God. And then I hear all the noise stop outside, and I hear the music start up. It was asleep in the deep, by the way. Oh, dear. <laughs> Many brave hearts are asleep in the deep, and someone was singing it outside. It, it's it's a long and terrible story, but in any case, I had a rehearsed crew outside who knew exactly what to do. They started timing me the minute that my head went under the water, right. and the lid was screwed down. They started timing, and they knew that a certain number of seconds I was in trouble if right. there was no reaction from the inside, and they immediately started to undo it, and my head was free soon, just on time. I tell you, I was ready to have to start to inhale water. Wow. Dr. Carl. And now the sponsor. 
what's the thing that you're most proud of bringing a source of enlightenment to? Would it be Mr. Geller and his spoon bending? Oh, no. He's, no. A, he's a minor actor in that. So what's the one that you're most proud of, you know, you, where you think, I done good for the world? Well, i tell you what it is, and uh, this is sort of a recent development. Now that the film An Honest Liar is out and I'm traveling all over the world as I'm doing Australia. Would, would, would this be the movie starring you? Yes. Really? And what's it called again? Uh, Honest Liar. Really? Starring the amazing Randy? You got it. And it's starring, it has stories about your life? And oh, yes. Oh, yes. That'd it's... be the one that I saw in Las Vegas, which I thought was a fabulous movie, The An Honest Liar. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so in this movie... Well, I'm the Honest Liar. Would I lie to you? Oh, oh yeah. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. You bet I would. <laughs> but uh, the, the movie itself is, is a very good depiction of my life, in, in a limited sense, it would be a very long movie if, yeah. if it were in more detail, of At course. At the rate of one second per second, it would take 86 years to watch. Exactly, yes. exactly. You do these mathematical calculations in your head, do you? Oh, trained, it's trained, astonishing. Been to university and everything. Oh, yeah, my goodness, <laughs> long training. <laughs> but An Honest Liar is a, a very good account, I think, and very honest, very straightforward account of uh, my life up to this date. People say, have you done this all your life? And I always say, no, not yet. <laughs> See, you've got to put limitations on these things, mm. you know, to be technically correct. Uh, and it uh, it tells the story. I, I don't want to give away any of the uh, the big surprises in it. Because in your wonderful there are movie, The Honest Liar. But the reward now, this is the reward that I was getting yeah, to. So this is the thing that you're really proud of, that you think, I left this world a better place. I planted a tree knowing that I would not benefit from the shade, but other people would. Listen to the poetry this man is coming up with, ladies and gentlemen. Brought out by you. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'll tell you what happens now, and it's very, very satisfying to me and also a little astonishing to me. Me being the amazing Randy, I'm astonished, you see. <laughs> it's people who come up to me after the movie, in many cases, Carl, with tears in their eyes, and they take me by the hand and they say, the equivalent of, Mr. Randy, you made a big change in my life. Now, you uh, can't buy that, Carl. You cannot get it from somebody by force or anything. This has to be given to you voluntarily. And they take you by your hand and they squeeze your hand and they bust out in tears. Now, <laughs> uh, that is such a wonderful moment for me because I realize... Another one. There's another one of perhaps millions of people who have heard what I've had to say and have read my books and such and have benefited from the fact that I've been preaching this for so many decades. Wow. That's the reward. And again, you can't buy it. No, it's not monetary. Now, how do you feel coming from a country where on one hand, the country being the USA, where 8% of the population deny the existence of DNA and 51% reckon that the Big Bang didn't happen, and 25% deny that the Earth goes around the sun. 25% of the population of the United States of America deny that the Earth goes around the sun. <laughs> Did you feel like... I, 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 I'm, I'm blushing in front of you here. Our <laughs> audience can't see it, but I'm turning bright red. Okay, look, this is, it it's, it's similar everywhere in the world. We're not just speaking on America. It's just that the Americans, in fact, are kind enough to look at themselves. Yes. And, and I like that because, for example, in America back in the 50s and so forth, you had this terrible thing called segregation and America looked into its soul, said, look what we're doing and fixed it by itself internally. So big it up for you guys. So here's one where you've looked at the numbers. So how do you feel when you try to be rational and 25% think that the earth does not go around the sun? Well, it's 
it's very satisfying to me to see that, first of all, America woke up to the extent that we have a black man in the White House. Whoa. I, I mean, I, I cried when I saw the, the Obama family walking down Constitution Avenue, the whole family walking proudly down Constitution Avenue on TV. And I sat, I was all alone at my home, and I bust out in tears, and I just wept for the longest time because that was a great moment, a great moment. Now, Barack Obama is struggling politically. Obviously, it is the last two years uh, of his, his reign in the White House. And he's got a hostile, uh, what do you call it, upper house and lower house? He's oh, yeah. The well, Senate the, and the Congress? Oh, yes. Well, let's not get into the, yeah. all the political details of it. But we've got people out there who don't want the United States to move from the conservative position that it's firmly entrenched in. I'm highly embarrassed by that. Uh, we've got to make changes. We got the guy into the White House, and he served a second term even. Amazing. Which, uh, oh, yes, totally amazed me. And I'm amazing, remember that. <laughs> so I'm amazed about that, and I am so edified by it. And I, I get this kind of feedback from And look at in, in other uh, aspects, too. The gay lifestyle, for example, mm -hmm. in the United States now is very much widely accepted. And I'm a member of that community, and I, I, I freely admit it, and it's nothing to admit. I'm also right-handed, and I don't advertise <laughs> that, and I don't have a sign or a card in my wallet saying, be careful, I'm right-handed, you see. Ah. So the world is changing, and I am feeling so fortunate that I am alive in this generation. I, I, I think I was born at exactly the right time. I was born at the only time I could have been born. I didn't have any choice on it. You don't get any choice in things no. like that, you see. But, you're either there or you're not there. But you, you've made such a wonderful thing uh, in the change you've made. In fact, I stole one of your ideas to help somebody else. Ah. I was doing a book signing and a woman came up and said, I'm really scared of flying. I'm convinced I'm going to die. And suddenly I thought, there's this amazing movie. What's the name of the movie called? It's called An Honest Liar, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and, and in that book you talk about how at one stage in your your life, you were going through writing on a piece of paper, today is the <laughs> 1st of December, and I will die today, signed James Randi. And I said, okay, every day when you're scared of doing something, write down on the paper, and, and you're going to die, write down on this piece of paper <laughs> that I'm going to die today, signed my name. And then after a couple of years, when you haven't died, slowly another muscle slash memory effect will kick in, which may help alleviate the non-specific anxiety that you have. Wait a minute. Bring me my hat. Well, yeah, I want to take <laughs> off my hat to Carl here. Uh, that's very, very, very well yeah. done, Carl. I congratulate you. Yeah, so, so I stole your idea. So we, we should kind of wind up here. So is there any last mention you'd like to make to the audience apart from the fact that you have an amazing movie out called The Honest Liar, which they can get either by various electronic means. Honest Liar. Look up those two words. You'll find it. So Thank is there you. any last minute farewell you'd like to advise, like never have sex with anybody has more problems than you do. The sex is greater, but you pay for it. Any advice you'd like to give to our audience? I'll give you two words, folks. Critical thinking. It, it, it sounds easy, but not too many of us do it. So let's think about unusual claims, claims that are not likely to be true, for example, spoon bending or some dumb thing like that. Think about these things and don't believe everything that the media tells you because the media has another motive, and that's called sales. And if it will sell something, a product or an idea or a political slogan or whatever, 
they will invest in it heavily, and you've got to be very, very careful. Don't don't doubt everything. Don't become a cynic, but ah. do become a skeptic. Cynical, no. Skeptical, oh yes. Thank you very much. That was the fabulous James Randi, otherwise known as the Amazing Randi, star of the movie Honest Liar, travelling around the world right now and in the future. Do get it. This is a farewell from this podcast from Carl without Adam Boohoo and from the Amazing Randi, a little farewell. What's those two magic words people should remember? Uh, Sim Salabim. No, that's not Critical. Thinking. Critical thinking. Critical thinking, folks. And you'll get all of that and more and a lot more. If you turn up for an evening with James Randi, how do you do this wonderful thing that will make your life full and complete? Go to a website with the name of Think Inc. I, not I-N-K, I-N-C, Think Incorporated, thinkinc.org.au, and you'll have a chance to meet up with the fabulous, amazing James Randi. Geeks.